Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number six of Connecting with Can, a podcast dedicated to sharing Kuwait Aid Network's experiences on working with migrant workers. I am your guest host, Abby White, and on today's podcast, we have Jeffrey Martin, Sahed Raisi, and Mary Russo, and we'll be talking about capacity building, the importance of HR policies. Since Sahaj, this is your first time as a guest, I'll open the floor to you and let you introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. You've seen me as a host in so far, but I'm a guest today. So hi, my name is Sahaj Racy, and I am one of the interns working for CAN. I am the Senior Research and Policy Analyst, and I've been working for CAN since uh, May of 2022. Uh, a lot of my responsibilities include creating internal structure through HR policies, and conducting research projects alongside our research coordinator. And I'm super excited to be a guest today. Yes, well, thank you so much for joining us and switching the roles up. I'm excited to hear from you. Um, so we'll jump into our first question then. So when talking about capacity building, there's a lot of internal structure and organization that's needed to create an effective organization. Um, so could you tell me more about what kind of internal work goes into building an organization like CAMP? Yeah, so one of the first steps I think that's important for building internal structure is creating uh, crucial documents like employee manuals and crises plans and first aid plans, orientation presentations, and organizational charts. All of this counts as internal structure, part of HR policies that help to provide order to the organization when you're doing stuff like hiring or in times of crises uh, where those plans come into the effect. So these um, organizational documents, they lay out expectations for employees, and they also outline the company's values and benefits and breaks. So even simple things like when is your lunch break or how to take time off, that sort of stuff would be uh, clearly explained in these documents. Um, these documents also regulate employee actions and behaviors because employees are given a guideline that they can follow and that regulates all of their behavior um, as someone representing CAN and working for CAN. And this ensures that they are following the guidelines and values and expectations that are set out for them according to what has been written, providing overall structure to the way employees work. And um, in terms of internal structure, this provides like a, a sort of... Um, a structure for the entire organization to to effectively work without having to worry about when one uh, employee is taking a vacation or when another employee isn't doing their work properly or is taking seven coffee breaks in one day. It sort of regulates what they're able to do. And when you have a working internal structure, it's easier for an organization to work externally with stakeholders and um, donors and other organizations because everything on the you know quote unquote inside is working. There's also we have um, specific HR policies in place that have to do with um, managing employee productivity, and I think that that's those are really important in order to ensure that employees are being productive as well as just ensure that everyone's doing what they're supposed to do. So for example, we've included things like performance reviews and time log sheets just in order to keep track of everyone's productivity. And I think that's very important for HR to enforce those kind of things because that's how we make sure that tasks are being completed and everyone is um, on schedule. As well as I also think a big capacity building factor is having 
legal documents to support everything that Sahaj said, meaning like legal documents to support the HR policies that have been created. So those would be things like employment contracts as well as um, NDAs and things like that, just to support the structure um, that has been set out in these HR policies. Great. Well, thank you so much for both of your comments with that. Um, I totally agree with you. Like, it's incredibly important to kind of have a very sound structure, um, especially when dealing with HR, because employees can be really like the root of a company and like what a company or like an organization can really do. Um, So, yeah. So could you guys tell me a bit more about why HR policies are important and what kind of benefits or what they provide in general for employees and employers? For sure. That's a really important question because the ultimate goal of every single HR policy is to protect both employees and employers. Something as simple as an employee manual describes what an employee is expected to do and what an an employer is expected to do and how these two are supposed to interact with each other. And A lot of the times without any sort of HR policy, there are possible nuances um, with danger being posed to both parties. For example, there are a lot of social and legal nuances with hiring and termination when there's no documentation. When an employee could say, for example, that, um, you know, I've been hired and I'm supposed to be paid this much. And the employer would say, well, no, I, we had originally verbally agreed on this, but because there's no written documentation, there's no actual, um, I guess, proof of which, which party is correct. And then that becomes a lot of hearsay, uh, where both parties attempt to, or can, even if it's not on purpose, take advantage of each other. Um, and so with proper documentation, there's protection for both employees and employers where contracts explain how um, employers are going to pay employees, how much they're going to pay them, and um, uh, employee manuals explain uh, what employees are expected to do, how, uh, like, work ethic, any um, policies uh, regarding, like, data protection, or how they're supposed to act on social media. Um, So, ultimately, HR policies are really important in providing protection for the employee and the employer for both parties so that no one is taken advantage of and everything is very clear in terms of the expectations of both parties, which is obviously very important for a not-for-profit because our our work always surrounds the idea of wanting to help um, others and trying to struggle with internal problems of heresy and nuances kind of defeats that purpose and shifts our focus to something else. So for an organization that is uh, sort of targeted towards helping others, it's um, important to have strong um, HR policies uh, to create our internal structure and to protect all employees and employers, including if we were to um, employ migrant workers, that would also apply to them. So it creates very strong internal structure for that. I also think that having this kind of structure and these HR HR structures in, in place really provide this other level of clarity for employees. For example, like when you read the employee handbook, which was an HR structure, your the expectations of what you what you will be doing 
at the company and how the company will be working and that kind of thing are all laid out in the manual. So it's sort of like you're you're getting an expectation of what it's going to be like to work for this company. And so and you're supposed to read the employee handbook prior to handing in all your contracts and things. It's supposed to be all like one package. So it sort of gives you a little a little forward look at what it's going to be like. And I think that structure is important because it can it can make you it can influence your decision as to whether or not you would like to work for that company um, or organization. And I think that it just provides an extra level of like, this is what you're expected to do kind of thing. And this is how we work. And I think those are both important things that HR structures should provide for employees because it makes them be able to make informed decisions and sign up for something that you know they're willing to do kind of thing. I think that's a really great point, Mary, those two points. And I mean, the only thing I'd add as well is like on top of like protecting the rights of the employer employers. I mean, for a, a licensed nonprofit like CAN, I think it's really important to protect donors' money. So one of the reasons to have a very clear structure for employees uh, and, uh, you know, executives and, you know, the board of directors is to make sure that the money is being managed efficiently. Um, unfortunately, time is money. So having efficient uh, hourly wages, having reports to make sure that employees are doing what they're supposed to be doing, having uh, due diligence to make sure that uh, everything's being done in a transparent way and it's following the labor laws of the country uh, uh, the employees are in. All those are really important, not only for the human rights of the, the, the employee and the employer, um, but also to protect the donor's money. Um, and this is actually, I think, something that a lot of nonprofits and charities struggle with worldwide is making sure their money isn't sucked into administrative black holes, uh, money being wasted on staff that aren't needed, uh, staff who aren't fulfilling the the, the goals of the, the organization, um, you know, continuing to be employed when they maybe should be let go or the roles minimized. These things are important, especially because uh, funding for nonprofits or charities is, is very slim worldwide, especially in Kuwait. Um, so it's like, you know, it's the responsibility of the, the, the management to make sure that um, the human resources in its department, its staff are being utilized to the best of the, their ability. And I mean, it's difficult because as a grassroots organization, you don't want to sound like you're market driven or only business driven, but money is a factor that's very, very important. So making sure that it's being used properly involves a lot of very difficult decisions about, you know, uh, what kind of roles you have, uh, where you put your money, um, how you go- gain donor dollars, and that relates to who you hire and what tasks are needed to be done. And it's, it's not easy and it's not simple, but, uh, you know, it has to be done. Yeah, I just wanted to add, like, obviously I can't tell specific stories, but I know Canada's had some experiences in the past with difficulties with employees regarding lacks of doc- a lack of documentation. And I know for sure since I've worked on it and Mary as well worked on all these HR policies and legal documents, there's been a significant decrease in these problems um, just because of the, you know, clearly outlined uh documents and i also wanted to say that it's really good especially in Kuwait and the wider gulf region having an organization like can which has clear hr policies and legal documents helps provide structure and like um it allows other organizations to base their own internal structure and hr policies off of our own which in turn, not only helps us because we know that it's an effective HR policy and other organizations are using it, but it obviously also helps other organizations uh, to develop their own um, internal structure. And while some may think that, you know, because of the competitiveness of 
uh, humanitarian aid and NGOs and, uh, you know, the, the whole realm of wanting to help others is very competitive. It's also important to help build up other organizations and having a strong internal uh, structure that someone can base their own structure off of helps uh, to create effective organizations, which all in all helps um, you know, the people that these uh, you know humanitarian aid groups are targeted towards. Yes, that was an excellent point. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Um, I think it's super important, like having these policies, not only for the structure of an organization, like you said, but again, with transparency related to funding and things like that. And also, again, like Mary, you mentioned, um, so employees know what to expect. And so there's a very clear lane of communication um, between an employer and an employee about what is expected and how they should be acting and how they should be working. So yes, I really appreciate all of your time. Um, if anyone else has anything to say, I'd love to hear it. And if not, we can close up. No, I, I'm good. Thank you so much, Abby, for helping me host today <laughs> and for letting me be a guest on today's podcast. <laughs> Of course. Anytime. Anytime. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Connecting with Can. We hope you're having a wonderful day and we'll see you next week. Stay connected.